We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. Substance abuse, whether it be alcohol, marijuana, or other drugs, has some very real risks for all people, but especially for our young people in the community. Big Village is a community-based organization working to reduce this abuse. And I'd like to welcome to the show Claire Rojal. Claire is an addiction prevention coordinator at the Multnomah County Health Department and a spokesperson for Big Village. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland, Claire. Thank you for having me. And the thing we want to talk about today is something you're deeply involved in, and it's called Big Village. Tell me what Big Village is. Yeah, so Big Village is a coalition of individuals who are dedicated to reducing the negative harms associated with drugs and alcohol in the community. They're passionate about making Portland an even better place for our youth as we engage in the community to identify substance abuse problems and solutions. And where did this coalition come from? How did you get it started? We were founded in 2012 looking at the downtown corridor and trying to reduce the negative impacts of uh, young adult drinking, so college-age drinking. There was a grant that helped work on increasing the safety of the downtown uh, Portland nightlife corridor. The coalition worked with bar owners, law enforcement, and the faith community downtown to help make sure the streets were safer at night. And was uh, drinking more prevalent at that time, or what What was kind of the trigger for this? Drinking rates for college age range tend to be about the same. But we just wanted to make sure that we were preventative in keeping the community safe at night. So how, how exactly do you do that? Well, one of the ways that the coalition worked together with the Bar Owners Association was to create safety zones in the downtown district. So they closed the streets to traffic uh, right around the 2 p.m. time. So when the bars were closing for the night and people were going home, they made sure that there wasn't traffic and pedestrian traffic at the same time. And I think I remember when... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I think I remember when that all happened, when kind of kind of in the old town of Portland, right? That's kind of where we're talking Correct. about. That's where the entertainment district is. And yep. yeah, they would block off the street so you couldn't really park there. And if you were parked there, you certainly couldn't get out once the bars close at two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that seemed like a great thing. How did that, how did that all work? 
was it was it effective? It was effective, and they, in addition, they worked with the bar owners to do some staff training on server education, so making sure that they didn't over-serve. Uh, they did some uh, ID checking and making sure that uh, people who were coming into the bars and clubs were of the correct age. And then from there, the coalition has dedicated time to looking at um, what we call going further upstream. So working with younger populations, working with our schools to educate them on the impacts of alcohol and marijuana. And that's, uh, I'm assuming, primarily in the high school. Is that correct? High schools and middle schools, yes. In, in the Portland metro area? Correct. I think I remember reading somewhere that this started at Lincoln High School, something to that Am I correct on that? We, correct. One of our youth action coalitions or youth action councils started at Lincoln High School. And do you have uh, high school kids that are involved in, in this? Uh, yes. Right now we have one active, what we call a youth action council. They call themselves SWAG, the Student Wellness Advisory Group. And during times of COVID, there are actually students from all over different PPS high schools. And they're working at a district level to do some training. Uh, these students came together and talked about the problems of substance use and how they could make an impact. And so they've decided to do some staff training for all teachers and uh, school staff. Well, that's great. It's it's uh, great to get them started early. You know, really the education process of of abuse of drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. We're talking today with Claire Rojal, Addiction Prevention Coordinator at Multnomah County Health Department. Claire, how did you get involved in all this? I work with, uh, I worked with Volunteers of America originally and got a job working in low-income housing, providing after-school programming. And originally that funding was provided through Multnomah County and their addiction prevention program. And they provided me training and opportunity to learn all about prevention and how to make a difference. And so I've moved on from there. I heard about the work the Big Village was doing and have stayed involved over the years. Um, Claire, tell me about the work that you do with Big Village. So Big Village works with partner organizations to bring about education and awareness on those negative impacts of substances on our communities. We want to work to reduce negative impacts and bolster the positive things that we have going on in our community. So we do that through a couple different strategies. One is advocating for policies that promote health equity and the healthy communities. Another is working with uh, our youth. So I mentioned the Youth Action Councils. We have um, leadership programs to make sure that we have youth voice present in our strategy development. For instance, our SWAG group is doing a training video for staff that focus on best practices on how to engage with youth on the topic of substance use. We also support prevention education in our local school districts across the county. And we run education and awareness campaigns to support parents, like our current Keep, Keep It Safe campaign. And I would kind of assume that you're working with uh, community leaders and, and probably leaders throughout the state of Oregon. Absolutely. Tell me about that partnership. So we work with leaders uh, and staff in uh, across different government-oriented uh, government agencies. We work with uh, 
was one of our coalition members is a member of the Oregon Liquor Control Commission. We have another staff member or another coalition member, excuse me, who works with uh, Civic Life. And then, of course, there's me with Multnomah County. And Big Village, um, you've been doing this for a little while. What time? What day did you say this started? What what date? Uh, they were founded in about 2012. So it's going been going for about nine, almost ten years. So um, mm-hmm. why have you found that this is so important? So it's it's important. We we work predominantly around alcohol and marijuana because those substances are the most commonly used in our community, and they have overall the most impact. Uh, Alcohol is most traditionally and still most commonly one of the used substance by Multnomah County teens. So I want to be clear when I say that most teens are not using any substance of any kind. However, uh, our most recent data in 2019 shows that almost 31% of Multnomah County 11th graders have had at least one alcoholic drink in the past 30 days. Wow. And again, marijuana use is up as well. So among those 11th graders, it were at about 27%, saying that they've used some form of marijuana in the past 30 days. Has there been any change um, since marijuana has become legal in the state of Oregon? I know it's not legal for anybody under the age of 21. But 21, Has anything yes. changed uh, around the mindset of that? Across what we've seen predominantly happen is that our our youth re, sir, our youth respond to survey results that marijuana is less and less risky. They perceive marijuana use as not a very risky substance. It hasn't had the same effect. So when you look at um, risk of harm, and you look at the the data since 2014, it's like plummeted, right? Youth don't think it's risky or scary uh, to use marijuana anymore. That being said, the use rates haven't increased in the same amount, but there is some increase. We've seen an increase in, you know, anywhere from one to two percent of youth beginning to use marijuana on a more regular basis. That's interesting. Wow. We're talking today with Claire Rojal, Addiction Prevention Coordinator at Multnomah County Health Department and a big uh, supporter and big big involved with Big Village. I'm having a hard time saying that, but you're very involved with Big Village. Um, What are your current goals with Big Village? Uh, Our current goals are, number one, increasing our coalition membership. We want everyone in our community to know that they can be a part of our work. Everyone in our community has been impacted by alcohol and marijuana or and marijuana in some way, both in positively or negatively. We want to make sure that we work to bolster the health of as we work to bolster the health of our community, everyone has a voice at the table. That way we're looking at the issues of alcohol and marijuana from a global a, a, a whole picture the whole picture. Right? We want to support our small businesses, we want to support our youth, and we want to support our community health so that everybody can thrive. If people want to get involved, how can they do that? If they want to get involved, there's lots of different ways they can do it. They can head to our website, bigvillagepdx.org, and fill out our contact us form. 
and our, our team will be in touch. You can also reach out on Twitter at Big Village PDX or Facebook at Big Village Coalition. So you're kind of everywhere. That's good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of information about Big Village on the internet. So Claire, tell me, if somebody is looking for help, how can they get the help they need? You can find resources under the Get Help tab on the BigVillagePDX.org website. You can also call 503-988-84888. That is the Multnomah County Resource Line. Very good. So tell me, how has the pandemic impacted the work that you do at Big Village? You know, like so many of us, we have gone virtual. So much of our work prior to the pandemic was being out in the community, going to schools, providing after-school resources, or doing parent events uh, in the evenings. Now what we do is we take that stuff online. So you'll see on our social media pages, we're really active. We also have done some events through Zoom or other online platforms with our partner agencies. And we are still meeting twice a month virtually. So you're kind of working from home like the rest of us, right? Absolutely. How have you seen any changes in, in how effective or, or any, any changes at all in doing it that way? Un- we don't feel as connected like yeah. I think a lot of folks in the world right now. Uh, it's harder to keep our members engaged when it's hard to see each other, not in person. Um, we do know that a lot of folks are out there coping with alcohol and marijuana uh, with the isolation and all of the stress that comes along with this pandemic that we're enduring. We know that uh, the costs of the, the sales of both alcohol and marijuana are up significantly. So we are doing our best to send out as much information as we can about keeping things safe and uh, providing resources for getting help if you need it. Tell me about the good old days, kind of pre-pandemic. How did you all coordinate this pre-pandemic, and how do you hope to do it post-pandemic? So again, we're really community-focused. We like having uh, different meetings around figuring out what we can do to make an impact in our community. So we encourage our community members to come to our meetings talk about the issues and find activities and programs that really work for, um, that will move solutions forward. So again, getting out there, doing some community-based education, getting into the schools, helping provide schools with prevention uh, education tools, and going out and doing some fun projects. Right now, one of the things we're working on is do, we've done our Keep It Safe campaign, which is targeting uh, parents, teaching them how to keep substances in their home, like alcohol, marijuana, or prescription medications, safe and secure out of the hands of anyone that shouldn't be having them, right? Youth and or other folks involved. Um, we imagine doing drug take back days or other types of events once we can and it's safe to do so yeah that's that seems really important because there's so many times that um, the medicine cabinet is full of of stuff that people no longer need and that's such a temptation for some people right absolutely 
We uh, we want to make sure that folks know that um, when they're keeping medications in their home, they know how many medications they have. They keep them safe so that uh, anyone who may want them may not have access to them, that the only person who has access to the medication is the person who it was prescribed to, and they're taking it in the uh, as advised by their doctor. I would imagine that goes uh, likewise with marijuana and alcohol. Keep that uh, tucked away or in a safe place or, or certainly out of the reach of kids. Absolutely. You know, it's you can keep it in, you know, higher out-of-the-reach cabinets if you need to, but there are also great resources like locking boxes. Um, they even have smell-proof uh, bags that are available, and they have great little locking cabinets, uh, locking for locking mechanisms for cabinets, rather, um, to keep your alcohol secure and safe as well. And, of course, one of the biggest re- ways to keep things safe is to really have a conversation about what substances you have in your home and having expectations and guidelines around who can use those substances and who can't. Yeah, conversation, uh, uh, in, information is is so key, right? Um, having Having those conversations with your kids is probably a great place to start. Yes, it's, it's what we really recommend as number one, having those conversations and not just having it once, having them often and regularly. So talking with kids about, uh, especially when it comes to alcohol and marijuana, why adults in the home may choose to be drinking or using these substances, uh, why they don't want used to be using them, uh, and then what the guidelines and repercussions are if youth try to use them. Do you have any uh, advice on how to start that conversation with your kids? Uh, I think one of the things, my my biggest piece of advice is to start early, continue to have that conversation often, try and keep uh, your own, as, as a parent, try and keep your own emotions out of it. So open it up as a dialogue. Try and keep it outside of a lecture and just start talking to your youth. What do your kids know about drugs and alcohol? Ask them what they know. They might be able to teach you a few things. <laughs> and then be able to, you can teach them the importance of why it's, why it's important to stay away. Yeah, kids can probably have some preconceived notions that maybe aren't correct regarding uh, marijuana and alcohol. Absolutely. I think one of the things that uh, youth see, we have to realize that youth are seeing drugs and alcohol portrayed in our media all the time. Again, as we mentioned before, with the legalization of marijuana that happened, we have this community culture, these social norms that make marijuana and alcohol okay for adults. So it makes it feel safe for youth to use. And as we know, anyone who uses a substance often can develop a dependence to it. Youth have adolescent, have, the adolescent brain is still growing, and we know that uh, if they start using, they're more at risk of developing a substance use disorder later on in life. Yeah, those, that's a good conversation to have. Think about your future. 
Um, and yeah, isn't it isn't it strange how in in movies and things like that, drugs and alcohol are still portrayed as yeah, you're the cool guy because you you're having a martini or something. Absolutely, and and think about how much we've seen too in the last year when we think about uh, isolation or how we manage our stress. Right. Have yeah. a glass of wine after work or have a beer, the happy hour culture. Um, it's fairly pervasive. And so being able to have a conversation uh, with your kids as a family about what that looks like and how we de-stress without drugs and alcohol is also just as important to have. Yeah, like a nice long walk. That's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about volunteering with Big Village. Is do you have volunteers, and what are you doing now about volunteers? We would love to have more volunteers. One of the things that we are looking for is having individuals come to our meetings and and share their ideas and thoughts on how to solve the issues in the community around drugs and alcohol. Uh, we would love to have uh, folks help us with planning events and doing activities. Some of our volunteers uh, love to do presentations, and so they they present for us and provide education. Others help us manage our website or do uh, social media tracking, lots of things like that right now. And in the future, again, doing things out in the community, uh, managing events, tabling events, things like that. You also say you're looking for more parents who are looking to support one another. How, how do you go about doing that? We want to make sure that parents understand that we're all in this together, right? I think there's a lot of parents, parents go through a lot and worry about judgment of other parents sometimes, right? We all, we're all concerned about that. So being able to create opportunities for parents to chat, check in with one another and support one another around how to have these conversations. You know, we get nervous about having these conversations with our kids because they might go the right, wrong way or they might say the wrong thing. So being able to talk with other parents about how they had the conversation, what did they say, what fumbles did they have, and being able to really normalize the fact that drugs and alcohol can be an awkward topic in a family. Yeah, I would imagine this is really, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine that conversation is uh, not an easy one, especially not an not easy an one easy to start. One. Well, maybe yeah, once you get started, you're okay, because as an adult, you probably have some experience, right? Absolutely. And, as you know, we like to say that once you have these conversations, you start having these conversations early and often, and you have a relationship with your kids, usually these conversations get easier. However, kids like to throw you for a loop from time to time. And so being able to just have a support of sometimes it's just, it's a hard space to be in. Par- parenting is probably one of the hardest jobs in the world. <laughs> you can say that again. And absolutely. <laughs> so being able to support one another, that's the biggest thing we want to be able to provide. Do you think when things get back to normal, you can have parents kind of come together in a, in a group setting and, and talk about these things? Or is that something you've done in the past? It is not something we've done in the past, but it's something we would love to do. And it's something that we also feel like we can, we've supported uh, our partner organizations doing virtually. That would, yeah, that'd be cool. Cause it's, that's what a lot of people have found from working from home is like, Hey, you know what? Virtually is 
almost as effective as doing it in person, and you can really get a lot of work done virtually. Absolutely. We all crave that human connection. For sure. Um, it's, it is a little bit lacking on the computer screen, but at least we can something, we can, we can do a little bit there. Right. Aren't you just thankful that we've had the internet through all of this? Absolutely. I can't <laughs> imagine what folks would have done without him. <laughs> Absolutely not. So Claire, one other thing we want to talk about is your Lock It Up campaign. Tell me about that. Yeah, it is called the Keep It Safe campaign. You may have heard some of our campaign ads running on the radio. The campaign is primarily targeting parents. However, it's important for anyone who keeps substances in their home to hear the messages. On our website, you can find strategies for safe storage and disposal of substances like alcohol, marijuana, and prescription drugs. And right now, we are looking for volunteers to help us continue to develop messages and imaging that would keep our mo campaign moving forward. Yeah, that's probably really important because you're, you're wanting to talk to kids in, in the teenage years, right? And that's, that's a different message than talking to adults. Absolutely. Right now, our campaign is started with parents on how they can keep things safe in the home. Uh, however, that can go a lot of different directions. Right, And so talking with our youth about how we move that campaign for teens as well is another thing that we would love to do. Claire, as we wrap it up here, let, us, uh, let our audience know exactly where they can get more information about Big Village. Uh, BigVillagePDX.org. That's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for being on the show this time. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate your support. We've been talking today with Claire Rojal, Addictions Prevention Coordinator at Multnomah County Health Department and a spokesperson for Big Village. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program.